It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 11, episode 28. This is Writing Excuses, Imposter Syndrome with Alyssa Wong. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Howard. And I'm Dan. And we have special guest star Alyssa Wong. Say hello. Hello. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I am a grad student uh, studying in Raleigh, North Carolina. I write short fiction, and uh, I just won a Nebula Award, apparently. Yay! 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 And she's up for a Campbell. Outstanding. Yay! <laughs> Welcome to the the happy ride in the tumbling down the waterfall fun box of awards season. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I've picked up a couple of bruises. I'm just like, ow, help. Yeah. Okay, don't get out of the box until we've cleared the falls. <laughs> okay, okay. Don't people die going over the falls? It's just take foam into the box with you. That's the that's it's, the secret. Okay, okay. Plenty of padding and re- <laughs> makes you more resilient. Oh. All right. Well, I'm already falling, so I, it's a bit yeah. late for foam now. Okay. But well, let's uh, maybe we'll talk about how to brace yes, then for the fall. Let's imposter syndrome. What does this mean? So imposter syndrome is a thing that affects you at pretty much or can afflict you at pretty much any stage in your career. It is the sense that people are going to know that you're faking it. The sense you feel that people are going to yes. figure this out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, one of the when when I when I was nominated for a Campbell Award mm-hmm. back in the day, um, I was talking with Nancy Cress and who had like God knows how many Hugos and mm-hmm. Nebulas at that point. And she said, oh, yeah, I'm constantly convinced that people are going to figure out that I don't actually know how to write. And I'm like, you're Nancy Cress. How do you? And it was at once very comforting mm-hmm. that she still went through it and also deeply depressing that she still went right. through it yeah. because it means it's not something you grow out of. Well, and one of the problems with it, I mean, first of all, it just is depressing, first of all, but... It can also make you kind of self-select your way out of a lot of opportunities mm. because you think, well, I don't, I don't deserve to be a panelist there or I don't deserve to be a guest at this thing. Sure you do. Of course you do. You're awesome. Yeah. Alyssa, have you felt this recently? Yeah. Um, I mean, I had a very nice lady come up to me uh, recently uh, and tell me, oh, you're the next new hot thing. And I was like, oh, God, send help. I wrote one good story. This means nothing. This means absolutely nothing. And I thought about it. I was like, wait, I, I guess I did win an award. Mm. Yeah. But but the, but the that pressure never goes away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And in some ways, the more successful you become, the worse it is. Yeah. Um, it's like you waiting for the bubble to burst. Yeah. It It's it, the the... After I and I see this happen to a lot of of new writers um, that they will make a sale mm-hmm. um, 
they'll they'll get a personalized rejection or they'll um you know win an award and they will stop writing mm-hmm. because now they feel like everything that they write has to be as good or better than that last thing right and and one of the things is you you actually like there's no way to tell which thing is going to be the thing that hits it sometimes has nothing to do with the quality of the story and it's just happens to be your timing right well, I mean, you can imagine this. I've talked to other writers who have had this hit them. In fact, you know, writers whose names you you recognize and be like, "What, really, them?" Mm-hmm. Um, where you write forever, it seems, in obscurity, right? You're just writing your stories, you're telling these stories, and you dream of going pro and getting published and all of this stuff and winning awards, and then it happens, and suddenly you aren't just doing it for yourself anymore. And suddenly, even everyone telling you that you're great, they're not telling you you're terrible, gives you this huge stage fright. Because now, you know, you can see the audience. When before, the audience was something abstract. Mm. And I've known big, big authors that have been paralyzed for years because of this suddenly seeing the audience event. Yeah, but that's not going to happen to you, Alyssa. N- no. No, no. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> but I, I will just say that, that one of the reasons that that authors will get very cranky with readers when you when we see you going after someone who has written a novel and it's been a long time since mm-hmm. it, until the next novel comes out is because we know that every time you say to them, where's my book? That you're just reinforcing the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is, it's debilitating. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the analogy that I use a lot is um, that... It, it's kind of like life is a video game. And you know when you're playing the video game and you get that beautiful loading screen and then the monsters are harder, the challenges are harder, they're different. But, you know, you're like, okay, this is okay. I've got, I've got my new tools mm-hmm. and I've got, you know, I've got my new experience points and all of that. And the thing is with life, you don't get the pretty loading screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, to warn you. It's yes. To warn you, except sometimes, you know, when someone says, here, have this trophy. But <laughs> but even there, you the the nomination comes as a surprise. Mm. Whole ceremony was a cut scene. <laughs> <laughs> surprise! Man. Surprise! But I just yeah. have to say, the Debula is such a pretty award. It is a pretty award. It is oh, really man. gorgeous. It's really heavy. Yeah. Mm. I almost dropped it like five times that night, and I was like, oh, God, oh, God. It's okay. It's lucite. It's not glass. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And I, I know a place you can get things buffed out if it comes to it. <laughs> oh, I may so, take you up on that. Mm. How do you, Alyssa, um, so you said, well, I, you know, I've published one story. What are you working on now? What are your strategies for dealing with imposter syndrome so that you get stuff done? Um, I think, honestly, um, I learned a trick back when I was in college. um, And that trick was to stare at yourself in the mirror and say, I am very attractive. And just look yourself dead in the eyes and say, I am very attractive. And the idea was that if you say it long enough, you will eventually believe it. Mm. Um, So you can substitute, I am very attractive with pretty much... Anything. And honestly, when I work on stuff, I just don't think about the other stuff that I've written before. Because if I do, I get stuck in that rut. And I can't, Mm -hmm. you know, I I start to overanalyze. I think, what was it about this story that made it, you know, that made it, made other people respond to it? Um, What is it about this story if, you know, that people thought was really interesting craft-wise? And then I get stuck and I don't want to write the same story all the time. Mm. You know, people make fun of that idea of the daily affirmation because it sounds so useless to look at yourself and say, you are attractive, you are successful, you are whatever. And yet, it is very effective precisely because most of the negative voices that you're hearing 
countering that argument are also coming from your own head. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, if, if you just end up arguing with yourself, I guess that's not going to help. But um, <laughs> but at least someone is putting up a fight. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, I mean, we are writers. We understand the power of words and narratives. Uh, Duke University has the Center for Advanced Hindsight, which, first of all, is a fantastic... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> the Center for Advanced Hindsight. But one of the things that they talk about is exactly this thing that Alyssa d- says. And and I have been trying it and I get up in the morning and I'm, I feel a little ridiculous because my husband hears me. But I say it anyway. I'm like, I feel energized and today is going to be a great day. And it's terrifying to me that this works. Mm. Um, you know, and, and so sometimes with imposter syndrome, sitting down and saying, I am going to write today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write right now. That just actually saying it out loud... T- beginning the narrative process by telling yourself the story that you were going to succeed, you know, that you were going to move forward rather than the narrative process of what if everyone, what if, what if this story sucks? Mm. Yeah. And I think with that exercise also making sure that you're doing, you're, instead of saying like, I am not this, mm-hmm. um, it's important to be positive. Mm-hmm. So like, instead of saying like, I am not a failure, Right. Um, which I think is really a huge part of imposter syndrome. So yeah. staring at the mirror and saying, those are not gray hairs in my beard. Those mm-hmm. are not gray hairs in my beard is not going to help as much as saying, look that how beard many... looks awesome. Yes. Look how beautiful my beard is. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I really do like your beard, Alyssa. Oh my God, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's custom made. I want to I bring up a, a lie that mm-hmm. I have just now discovered I've been living under my whole life. When I studied audio engineering, uh, one of the instructors said, remember, in this business, you're only as good as your last project. (laughs) Okay? Mm. Um, And to qualify that, in in our business of writing, you, to the reader, are only as good as the last thing of yours that the reader has read. Which is not necessarily your last project. Which is not necessarily your last project. You today are only as good as you make yourself be by putting your hands on the keyboard and writing. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with the stuff that is behind you. It's really crippling, as you said, to to look at what you've done and, and think of it as, how can I do better than that? What do I need to do to be better than that? Rather than focusing on... What is it about this project that I love? Mm-hmm. Why did I get out of bed today to work on this? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think along those lines, one of the things that happens is that, you know, and we warn writers about this all the time on the podcast to not compare mm-hmm. your draft with someone else's finished product. Right. Also, don't compare your draft with your own finished product. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you, you oh, know the, the amount of work it took to get to the final stage. It's okay for the beginning stuff to not be very good. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming... 
and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Let's go ahead and stop for our story of the week. And I'm going to preface this by saying we are slowly, um, you'll still hear some episodes that were spot, that had sponsorships, but we are now transitioning to being listener-supported. And this is the first episode that we get to do where we are supported entirely by you, which frees up. Normally, our book of the week had to be in a specific style of story. It had to be an audiobook and things like that. We are now free, and we're going to keep doing books of the week, but we don't have to pick something that is specifically available um, on um, audio or any longer. We can pick whatever we want. And this week, uh, because of you, dear patrons, we're going to pick one of Alyssa's stories. Lisa, can you tell us about you'll surely drown if you st- what, what it, drown here if you stay? Yeah, you'll yes. sure, you'll surely drown here if you stay. I can't yes. even say it myself. So it's all good. <laughs> um, you'll surely drown here if you stay. Is a it's a Wild West, uh, mm-hmm. fun, pulpy, necromantic Cinderella story. Wow! Uh, oh, yeah. another one of those. Those are some of my favorite words. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll surely drown here if you stay. Um, is like the ending line of this le- that old Ashpitel song that I totally ripped off of the original fairy tale. But mm. um, it's about a boy whose mother is the desert and whose father uh, was a witch who was burned um, by the town. And, okay. Um, yeah, mining drama. It's ghosts, all the good Where stuff. Where can people find this? Um, Uncanny Magazine, uh, issue number 10. And they are doing a Kickstarter. Um, for which, year three. For year three, which uh, year three is going to have a story by me, too. So we, we like Uncanny. They're good people. Uncanny Magazine, issue 10. You will surely drown if you stay here. You'll surely you drown, drown here if you stay. If you stay. I'm so. I will make sure to get this right in the liner notes. Excellent. <laughs> With a link. <laughs> and thank you very much, Alyssa. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit further about this. Um, I wanted to ask if certain things work for helping with imposter syndrome. Um, because I actually just kind of have to ask this. I've never felt this one, not yet. It can strike at any point in your career. Dan is laughing because he's like, no, Brandon, you are never <laughs> going to feel you too long. Yeah. this one. Um, there's, we also have certain hangups. This is not one of mine. I might be on the other end um, where I assumed I was a pro before I was. But one of the things I've noticed about this is seems that perhaps focusing on why you're writing, meaning the, the process, the enjoyment of the writing, the I'm doing this because I tell stories. That's what I love to do. Might help keeping you from comparing stories to one another and comparing, you know, what you're doing now to what you have done and things like this. Mm -hmm. Like, I often think, like, when I have moments that approach this, I'm like, but I'm not writing. I don't care, right? I'm writing these stories because I love writing these stories. Does that help? I don't know. I'm just kind of trying to throw something out there. I was a guest of honor at the... Oh, gosh, I think it was the 50th annual uh, Deep South Con. Mm-hmm. Um, and John Picasso was there. And I was sitting in the lobby feeling very, very down and very, very frightened. And John was like, dude, what's the matter? And I said, ah, it's, it's imposter syndrome. And John, uh, John doesn't suffer from this. Mm-hmm. He's like, 
that well that that's a load that's a load of crap. Why do you have that? I'm like I I look at your art and I look at my art. Why am I the guard, artist guest of honor? And he said, "You are the artist guest of honor because they looked at your work and at you and they brought you here to be honored. So get off your butt and go be their guest of honor." <laughs> and, uh, and so this is John Picasso hollering at me. Um and I really needed that kick in the butt. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I got up and I just, I made a point of walking the halls and poking my heads into the room parties. And I realized that, yes, these people were excited to have me there. And by doing that piece of my job, which is accepting the accolade, if mm. you will, I was honoring their room parties and it just made everybody happier. And it happened because... Somebody yelled at me and said, <laughs> you just got to get up and acknowledge that mm. you, you're Other not an imposter. people like you more than you. Yeah. 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 I, I think that that is one of the, the things that makes imposter syndrome so uncomfortable is that we are so socialized. And I have to say that this is actually one of the places that I think that it often hits harder for women, mm. that we are so socialized to be humble and right. unobtrusive. Mm-hmm. That suddenly being put into spotlight, there's not a script for that. Like when someone compliments you on something, normally you're supposed to compliment them back. And when they have read a thing of yours and you have no idea who they are, you can't compliment them mm. back. And that is part of what leads you to this, what am I doing? I'm, I must be, this, this feels wrong. This, yeah. is, this feels really uncomfortable and I wrong. I wonder if it has something to do with like our specific culture as well yeah. that we are socialized among. I mean, I remember last year I was in England on a panel and a lot of the UK authors said, how do you Americans do it? How do you talk about your writing mm-hmm. and make people <laughs> want to read it? Because we just can't do that. Yeah. It feels so weird to, <laughs> to actually suggest that people read our writing and we'll sit on panels and we will tell everyone to read everyone else's writing. But the Americans are like, yeah, my book's great. You should read my book. Um, <laughs> and that's not how I necessarily perceive it but I do think that there is a difference in our socialization for yeah, these things. Yeah, and that, that's a really good point, that, that different cultures mm-hmm. have really different markers for this. And so a lot of people are going to have different triggers for, for mm-hmm. what sets off their imposter syndrome. It's, it is a thing, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that I wanted to also talk yes. about when we're talking about this is um, because there isn't a script for this. And as I, I think we've said Everyone except Brandon will experience. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe You'll someday. Come. Maybe You'll someday. get your comeuppance. Yes. Yes. But, but I think that everyone will experience some form of imposter mm-hmm. syndrome, just not necessarily about writing. Right. Um, you know, like if we ask you to sing karaoke. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They made me do that at a con, and it, it was not a very comfortable situation. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and that's that's what imposter yes. syndrome often mm-hmm. feels like, karaoke when you're not prepared. Yep. Um, <laughs> Oh, God. Which is <laughs> karaoke. Well, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, fair. Except for but, some people who yeah. are just, okay. But anyway, um, so so one of the things that I want to talk about are some of the unexpected side effects. We, we know about mm-hmm. the difficulty of writing and trying to figure out how to go through that, but also how to navigate suddenly being in the spotlight. Mm. Um, and I want to talk about this for two reasons. One is to help people, you know, because this can hit after you've made your first sale or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, your family is like, oh, you've sold a, sold a short story. When's your movie deal happening? I've seen this happen mm-hmm. to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but also so that uh, listeners will know not to 
unintentionally apply pressure if if you know what is going on with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that Alyssa and I were talking about at breakfast this morning is that um, when you level up, and you level up before your friends do, that mm. often there can be a sense of distance between yourself and your friends. And how to navigate that without, you know, alienating people and, and also making sure that, you know, because it, it feels like you're bragging if you talk about your problems. Right. There's still mm-hmm. legit problems. Yes. No, I've, I've totally been there. Um, Dan and I have been there where we kind yeah. of leveled up. We, used, we our, were jockeying for position mm-hmm. back and forth. I made my sale to Germany of Serial Killer, yep. which was at the time the biggest contract either of us had ever had. Yep. And I thought, I finally beat him. Mm-hmm. And then like two weeks later, you got Wheel of Time and <laughs> joined an entirely different it league. It was not two weeks later. You reigned on that one for like a year or two. But yes, but I was more talking about our friends. Like you and I, we've kind of leveled mm-hmm. up in our careers concurrently, I would say, but we left behind kind of a group that just took other other directions, and it was weird for a while. How do you you deal with this? Well, I'm going through this right now. The award winner in the room. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you, has that changed your relationship with the other writers you know? Well, I mean, it's it's, it's been a very long two weeks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I mean, it has, it has made, I mean, it has made an impact on my relationships. And it's, if anything, it's made me more fearful of losing the people that I care about. Mm -hmm. um, Because I can sense those changes happening and I can feel them happening. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to stop it. Like, um, so, I mean, all I I can do is try to be the best and most supportive friend that I can be um, in all areas. Because I I care about my friends and I don't want to lose them. Um, But it it does feel weird. I was recently harassed at a con um, by a fan, and it feels weird to even say that I have a fan right. <laughs> right. at all. Um, so there's that tiny voice in the back of my head that's going, but shouldn't you be flattered? Mm. And yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> I was still harassed, and it was still awful. But at the same time, it feels weird to talk about that with my friends and be like, oh, I was harassed by right. someone who wanted me to sign their book. Like, yeah. they're like, well, no one asks us to sign anything. And I'm like, yeah, but but also no one – I don't know how to explain that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. that's one thing that, that you listeners um, and, you know, and we can do for our friends. Like, when our friends level up, mm-hmm. one of the things that we can do is to make sure that we are still there and, and really supportive for them. Like, uh, John Scalzi and I are, you know, old friends. And when we started, we were roughly – he was a little bit farther along career track than I am was and where we are now it's mm-hmm. like multiple movie deals and television deals um but but what's john have <laughs> multiple movie deals and television oh, deals oh, oh, okay. I, I have some puppets mm. <laughs> um, you have us i he do does have not. you guys she, that's some true. puppets mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 um so we all but, did die in that plane crash. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many books to write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the point is that that one of the things that I tried to make sure that I did was to continue to give him a safe space mm-hmm. to vent and to never let never be like, well, I wish I had that problem because um, that is a really unhelpful statement. Well, and you know, right. Alyssa, in in this in this particular situation, you know, where a friend says. Well, wow, you should be grateful that you have a fan, not be upset that someone harasses you. If I work in the pharmacy 
and someone harasses me when I'm filling their prescription, I am doing my job for them, which is filling a prescription, and I am being harassed. As a writer, part of your job is signing books for people. I'm sorry, you should be grateful that you have a customer. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, and I should be grateful that doctors sent customers my way. Yeah. I mean, we could continue down this path. Mm-hmm. It is critical to realize that uh, your job requires you to sign things for people. And it's not, it's not a status thing. It's a thing that you do. Yeah. And, and also that there is that, that the, the aspect of, um, sorry, the, the aspect of harassment is, it, it's tricky. And it, mm-hmm. it is, it, it's also because when you do that leveling up and you're wrestling with the imposter syndrome already, that you, you, you when someone approaches you, you, you literally don't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, mm-hmm. how do I respond to them? Should I, should I, should I be flattered or have they, you know, have they backed me against a wall? Literally, which I have. Yeah. Had. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. Is that something actually, is that something that happens to you guys? Do you get oh, backed against walls? I, I am generally, no. I mean, I am generally bigger. Mm-hmm. And both in presence and in physical size yeah. than anyone who would be crowding around me. And that intimidates people. It is a natural, like, it's not something that I have to deal with basically ever. I have been chased to my car by a fan oh. asking questions. No. And that's, no. like, like mm-hmm. they asked, there was a very awkward fan asking very, like, detailed questions all the way to the car. Um, but, and that's the closest it ever came to harassment with me. But it's like, I had a person there with me, and I was never worried. It was more like yeah. this annoyance, like, come on, you were. Um, I've never had this sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a, a fan in Argentina ask if, if she could lick my face once, but that's. Wow. That's, that's the really, weirdest there's a gets. line that was, like, way behind yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Wow. People will come up to my booth and tell me to say something funny. Mm. Like we did earlier? Exactly like you did earlier. (laughs) But it's okay. It's okay because you guys are friends. Say something funny. And I can just tell you no. Say something funny. (laughs) We need to wrap up this this, uh, this podcast. It has been wonderful having you, Alyssa. Um, Congratulations on your (laughs) award. Looking forward to seeing what you do next. Thank you so much. But no pressure. No pressure. (laughs) 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 Thank you for having me. You know, make sure it's awesome. No pressure, but we would like a writing prompt. Okay. Um, so I think um, part of dealing with imposter syndrome is feeling like uh, you have to constantly be growing and growing linearly upwards. But I think it's important to um, be able to switch directions and proceed any direction along any axis you want. So my writing prompt for this week is um, try something that you've always wanted to try genre-wise, but you've never done. Mm. You always wanted to write a romance story or if you've always wanted to write a happy ending, but you didn't think you could, give that a shot. All right. Thank you again. And this has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. 
This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.